0: And if you guys don't know me, my name is Gabe, pastoral intern at this church, and you are currently attending our Young Adult Fellowship called In Transit. And it's a it's a joy to be with you guys. We are currently going through um, a marriage series, um, and uh, it's just been a joy just to be able to, to walk through this with you guys. I I was always, always a little bit afraid of doing this series because, you know, the, 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 pastor before who, who used to lead this group, he, he was just well known for doing a relationship series. And I, I did not know if I could fill his shoes. Um, and, and so it's just been a journey for me, even just to kind of think through this, how to best prepare this and, and kind of make it the way, um, I guess that's more tuned to the way I would like to teach about dating and marriage and sexuality. Um, you guys, uh, just started with us, this. this is kind of an outline of what our sermon series have looked like. Uh, we have gone from pretty much talking first, you know, broad level of what marriage is, uh, talking about family because marriage is starting a new family. Um, and then we also talked about some of the dangers of, of what this world teaches that goes against biblical values with homosexuality and transgenderism. And now we're in the more practical part right we, we last time when I preached about a month ago, uh, we, we talked about a character of a godly man and godly woman, what were the characteristics that one we should be developing and also what we should be looking for in, the, in our future spouse. Uh, last time we met, we had a mentor's QA, and that was a joy to do uh, with our mentors. And, and tonight we will be looking then at part two of dating well, which is we'll get into the step-by-step process of dating and the biblical principles that we should be looking at and thinking about as we go through a dating phase. And knowing that you know many of us here, we're not we're not 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 everyone here is dating, not everyone here is married um and and many of us may be single here in this room and recognizing this i, I think going through this going through this message tonight I, I want us just to continue to have an open heart um and really just just meditate upon you know what what is it or what are some things that uh we have perceived about dating or things that we imagine dating will be like or things that we hope dating will be like and and then about the biblical principles that we're going to be looking at here and how those biblical principles wrestle with, with the way the world has you know, portrayed dating to us and, and, and help us then think about how do we, how do, we do this? How do we do this, this thing of dating in a Christ-like manner? And so with that, let me, let me go ahead and pray for us real quick, and, and we'll get into our message. So let me, let me pray. Father, we, we thank you for this time. Now, we're able to get together tonight. Um, I know many of us may be tired. We've been working. We've been sitting in front of a computer all day and sitting in front of a computer again and and listening to this guy talk. I I pray, Lord, for your strength, for your energy. I pray, God, that you would truly open up our hearts with humility to, to hear, Lord, what your word has to say. I pray, God, that you will work then in, in our hearts tonight. And that, Lord, we will continue to be in tune with your spirit. And we will continue to be dependent upon your grace. So be with us here. I thank you, God, for each person who's here on this, on this in this Zoom room. Um, and I thank you, God, for your constant uh, provision and goodness to us. So I lift these things up in your name. Amen. All right. So like I said, tonight we are going through the process of dating and and this is a difficult subject to talk about because dating is not clearly laid out in scripture, right? We we, we don't have scripture telling us this is the role of a boyfriend. This is the role of a, of a girlfriend. Here's the responsibilities. Like we don't have that laid out. Instead, we have like, actually, kind of some weird stories in scripture, right? We, we have Ruth uncovering the feet of Boaz and laying there, right? And like, like what is that? What would we do with a story like that? Or, or we think about Jacob and Rachel, right? And then imagine if you were to ask Jacob today, hey, how did you two meet? And Jacob answers, well, I, I worked for her for, you know, for her father for 14 years before I was able to marry her. And even before that, I had to marry her older sister, you know, like, what kind of stories are these that we're dealing with in scripture? And and, and so talking then about dating, about what does what we go through in our culture today, right? And the the aspect of asking someone now, dating them, proposing, getting engaged, and finally then reaching marriage. There's this whole process isn't necessarily laid down scripture, but in scripture, we do have biblical wisdom biblical principles that that we ought to be thinking about that that helps us walk closely with God so that when we date, it's not in a way that's directionless. We have a goal. We have a purpose. I I titled this message, Dating Well, Walking Together Intentionally. And, 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 And I want us to think about this, that as Christians, we don't just date around casually because we uphold marriage to a really high standard we, we care about we care about the Institute of marriage because God designed marriage from the very beginning and, and we when we think about our christian life everything that we do has a purpose uh, for and and we, we have to keep in mind Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 that tells us whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. As we're going through the message today, I have a lot of verses to go through, so I'll be putting the verses on the slides So that way we don't have to spend so much time flipping through our Bibles. Um. And so when we when we when we take a look at, at a verse like Colossians here, right? When we think about doing everything for the glory of God in the name of Jesus, we have to understand that when we then go through a dating process to be married, we're, we're doing the same thing. This is our life, our heart's purpose and goals, our, our heart's joy and desire. And it, and if we think about it, this, is actually very practical for us Christians. Right. Uh, if you want to be married, you, you don't want to like date a guy or a girl who's just looking to have some fun or you don't want to date someone else who's maybe seen two or three other people. Right. You you want to actually date someone who's serious about it, who actually cares about you. And so there's and so this is actually practical and helpful for us that if this is the way we practice it. It actually helps the other person. Now, this doesn't mean that when we date, we should be super, super heavy handed when we, you know, when we, when we do date someone else, you, for instance, your first date, guys, your first date is not a commitment to marriage. I, I, I just get that straight. Your first date is not a commitment to marriage. It's, it's a first date to, to get to know the other person. You should be having conversations to just get to know each other better. Uh, and if you are dating, if you have a boyfriend girlfriend, your, converse, your conversations with them doesn't have to be, you know, all these deep spiritual talks all the time. There's a, there is a certain joy and lightheartedness and comfort to relationships. And, and that's the way it should be for dating as well. But when we talk about dating here, I do want to be honest here that personally, I, I don't like this. I don't like dating phase. I just don't like this dating phase. Like when we think about different stages of life, like where we're we're single, then we then we have then we're dating, then we're engaged, then we're married. That dating phase is the part I I love. I just I just don't like it as, as much as others. Like it's it's the worst part in my opinion. And, and the reason being is because it's the part that's just the most unclear. It's it's just not clear what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It's some days we may feel like we love the person we're dating. Other days we just want to be alone. And and, it's, and there's nothing like a, a covenant marriage vow to fall back upon to remain committed to this dating relationship. And, and that's why I, I, I just, I have a really difficult time when I was dating. And this was my struggle when, when I was dating, when I was even dating my current wife right now. Right. It, it, was, it was hard for me because I, I was single for a long time. And I, and I struggled with this aspect of, okay, do I commit myself to this person? Or do I love the, the freedom that I had as, as being single? And, and, and I, I just wasn't sure for a long time. That was probably the biggest struggle in our dating phase was my own heart and my own, the, 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 the difficulty I faced just to even commit to say, I want to marry you eventually, obviously, I, I mean, I'm married now, so I'm, I i didn't make the commitment. I made my vows, and, and I love it now. Like, I love the fact that I have this covenant that I made a vow to her to, to stay faithful to her for the rest of my life. And I pray that I would be able to follow through on that vow. But I share all this because what I have to say tonight is its not clear-cut. I'm not going to be able to tell you all the answers of how to date or how to fix your dating relationship. I'm not a Dr. Phil here, right? We're, we're we're dealing here instead with biblical principles, biblical principles that help you date wisely, that helps you date well. And, and you're not going to find clear and direct answers for every situation I mean, if we even think about the, ver- the vast variety of dating stories out there, right? We, we understand that there's no textbook template for us to follow. But as long as you faithfully walk with God and commit yourself to these biblical principles, you will find some solid ground direction to walk upon in your dating life. And so tonight, I want to start off with three principles of dating three biblical principles of dating and we're going to look in scripture how these principles are explained and then I'm going to walk through the steps of dating the process of dating and we're going to try to apply these principles to each step so here's so here's then the principles of dating the first principle that I want to talk about is commitment and commitment in the sense of building a companionship with the person you're dating in order to understand this, we, we have to take some time to understand the nature of the male and female relationship. And so let us take, them at, let's, let's take a look at a few, few, few verses here. Uh, first, we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 2. In, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God looks at Adam and he says to Adam, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Uh, we know he, when, we, when we come to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we, we see that Adam here, he didn't complain about his loneliness. He didn't ask for a wife. But God, God is the one who understood that Adam alone could not truly fulfill the, his, his mandate, his cultural mandate to multiply and fill the earth. Adam couldn't do that alone. So therefore, it was not good for him to be alone. Adam could not subdue and rule over creation alone. Adam required a helper. And so God then created Eve. Created Eve and he, and he says, "We're gonna, he's going to make him a helper. A helper fit for Adam, fit for man. And I want to take a, take a look at this word helper. The word helper here is used many times in the Old Testament. And it's typically used to describe God. It's, it's used to describe God as a as a protector, as a rock, as, as someone who's able to bring his people to safety. Uh, for instance, in Genesis, oh sorry, in, in Psalms chapter thirty three verse 20, it says, My, our souls wait for the Lord, he is our help and our shield. This point, this point I'm making here, it's important because if God can also be called our helper. That means to be a helper doesn't make you any less significant than the person you help. And so when when Genesis says that the woman was created to be man's helper, it doesn't make the woman any less significant than the man. Instead, what we need to say about this this truth that woman is created to be a helper is this, is that man cannot fulfill his purpose and work without woman alongside with them. And so this here is the first concept to look at. Next, we look at a concept of man. And man is, is called to be a leader. And we're in at Genesis chapter 2, Verse twenty-four. It says, "Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh." We we've seen this many times already. We we looked at this verse. We 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 understand that a man, a woman leaves their parents to join together, become one flesh. But I want us to take a look here at the language and how it's stated out. It says here, the man shall leave his father and mother. and It's the man who shall hold fast to his wife. The action here, the onus of the action falls upon the man. The man is the one who takes lead in leaving the parents and holding fast to the wife. And um, this, this doesn't mean that the wife doesn't leave her parents as well. But the action of becoming one flesh then is initiated by the man. He is the leader in the relationship. And so we see here a man as leader. And then we take a look then at marriage marriage as a companionship. And we look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 14. Was it verse 14 or verse 24? Let me pull it up real quick. Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2, it's verse 14. Sorry, that was a wrong reference on my PowerPoint. Um, Malachi chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant." Now, now, the context here of Malachi is, is that it's speaking of Israel's, um, Israel's faithlessness uh, to God and to their wives, right? They're, they're, they defiled their marriage. And I'm not going to get into all that here about Malachi, but I, w- I do want to see how here scripture um, talks about the wife in relationship to the husband. She says that she is a companion and your wife by covenant. The wife here is identified as a companion. And this is really interesting. Uh, The the word companion is here is the same Greek word that we find in New Testament that's translated as partaker or sharer. The the idea here is that the person who is your companion, the person who's your partaker in life is someone who shares with you the same experiences. You rejoice together. You mourn together. For instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, it's, it's, Paul here is writing, he says, as for Titus, he is my partner and my fellow worker for your benefit. And the word partner here is talking about how Titus here shares in the same ministry and he shares in the same suffering as well. And so when it comes to marriage then, a husband and wife are fellow partners, fellow companions, fellow partakers of this life that they live together. And, and, and that is in, in essence what it means to be one flesh. And, and what is more unique about a husband and wife companionship versus, you know, a friend's companionship is that the husband and wife are companions by covenant, by by a vow, by a covenant that establishes a certain kind of exclusivity and commitment between the man and the woman. And so when we think then about this first principle of dating, this commitment portion of building a companionship with your significant other, we're talking first that dating is commitment that is both unique and exclusive. You're you're talking about having one boyfriend or you're talking about having one girlfriend, right? You're not, you don't have multiple. You're, you're, you're building a unique, exclusive relationship, a companionship. Uh, second, you're building a relationship that's, that's first a companionship and second a romance. And I think this is a, actually a huge struggle that comes with all of us because we're we're constantly, when we date, a lot of us are looking for romance and romance is not bad, there should definitely be romance when you date, there should definitely be romance in your marriage, but romance, that emotion comes and goes. It's, it's, it's fleeting many times, but the core of a relationship, the core of a marriage is the companionship by covenant. Is the fact that you can live together, walk together, and go through life together, through its ups and downs. And yes, there will be definitely times of great romance in that relationship. Thirdly, dating is practicing male and male leadership and female submission. This is not saying when you're dating, you're you're suddenly the head of the of your girlfriend or you're suddenly the follower of your boyfriend, because that's not the way scripture lays it out, right? It's a husband and wife role. But in dating, you can you can begin practicing that, right? You can begin practicing that and growing that aspect. And we understand here, right, that that no man's perfect. No, you no know, man's a perfect leader, no woman is a perfect helper. But this is the model here that that god has designed and, it's, and so it's then this model becomes the principle to which we must continue to follow and and this is the model that we should follow and take into our dating relationships there's a second principle i want to cover here is clarity clarity and in this aspect i want to focus in upon communicating expectations and, and as i pointed out before dating is confusing, right? It's, it's like it's like trying to put together a puzzle, but you lost all the pieces and, and whatever piece you do find just don't fit. It's confusing, right? You're, when you're dating, you're committed to the other person, but yet you're not husband and wife yet. So what does that mean? How are you supposed to play out your role? Where's this relationship going? And so during this hazy period of dating, it becomes extremely important that you learn how to communicate clearly about expectations what does this look like when we talk about clarity we, we want to, we want to think about what scripture says when it talks about our speech, what it talks about when, when, how we're out, how we ought to talk as Christians. When we see here in James 1.19 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. In other words, the first step beca- begins with listening well, to have Clarity in your relationship begins with listening well to your partner. And so men, as leaders, you lead by listening to your girlfriend. Do you listen in a way to understand her so that you know how to lead and serve her better? And for the woman, as helpers, you follow by listening and processing what you hear from your boyfriends. I'm not saying you listen and obey, or you listen and submit, but you should listen and process and think, is what he's saying biblical or not? Is it wise? Is this something that I need to hear? Or is, or is this something that's, that's incorrect? You, you follow by listening and processing. And, and so the first step in here of clarity is actually learning how to listen well to one another. The, the, the second step is to ask questions. To ask questions. Uh, to be generally interested in the other person is to ask questions about the topic that you're talking about. You're, you're engaging in a real conversation. You're not just listening through one ear and then slide the other, you're engaging with them. And in many times when you're dating, the person you're dating, will they will need help from you to help them process their own thoughts and emotions, right? In Proverbs 20, verse 5, it says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Uh, A man man of understanding here is not someone who's just wise and all-knowing. This is talking about someone who seeks to understand by asking questions. This is someone who's not afraid of going deeper. Someone who's willing to engage with the person's heart in a personal and loving manner. Right? Uh, and, and so this is part of ex- finding clarity in your relationships to ask questions, to, to dig out the purpose from a man's heart. And finally, it's to remember to when you do speak then, to speak with love. To speak with love, to be gentle and caring in your answer, to respond with truth in a manner that demonstrates love for the other person. In Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-nine: Let no one no, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, when when we look at this verse. ephesians it does not mean that when you speak with love the person will suddenly just receive it well because there'll be times when you speak truth with love and the person doesn't want to hear it no matter how gently you put it but even if that happens that doesn't excuse you from this commandment here of speaking with love to the other person and so when we talk here about communication, where we're talking about our speech, we're talking about the way we talk, the way we communicate. And, and these principles here will help you in your dating relationships because you can't escape this kind of communication in your relationships. When you're dating someone, you're getting to know them. And so you're asking questions about all these difficult topics. And this is especially important when you're dating and you need to set proper expectations in your dating relationships. You need to answer, you need to talk to one another and ask each other, how many times a week do you, should you guys see each other? Or, or what are your physical boundaries? What, what is the timeline of your relationship? What is it going to look like, you know, months, five months down the line, a year down the line? What's the timeline? You should be asking yourself, having checkpoints, asking how are you both doing in the relationship itself? Like asking if this is a relationship that you still want to pursue. And you should be asking, maybe there are some ways that you can be a better boyfriend or a better girlfriend. These questions, they hit upon issues that are deep in the heart and it requires good principles, good biblical principles of communication to help us, to help you figure out how to communicate those topics. The third principle here is to pursue godliness. Pursue godliness. And and the principle here, it, it focuses upon it what, what well, one, what you should be looking for in, in your dating partner, but also how you should be leading the relationship or participating in the relationship in a godly manner. And, and, and when we talk about this, when we talk about character, oftentimes we, you know, we think about character and we wonder, what is this, right? And, and I talked a lot about characteristics of a godly man and godly woman last time. So I'm not going to get into that, but I I do want to do what I want to do here is how can you pursue Godly character in a dating relationship and and making sure your relationship is, is something that's fruitful and something that helps you grow closer to God. And so there are certain then questions and values that you two should allow time for to discuss about, to, to walk together in in preparation for marriage. And one of those questions first is, are you growing in your relationship? And when I say growing here, I'm talking about your spiritual growth. Is this, is this relationship edifying to your soul? Does it help you grow closer to God? Now, when we think about this, right, we, we think about entering into a relationship with someone. And we have to remember that neither of you are perfect. Each man has to learn how to be a better leader. Each woman has to learn how to be a better helper. You enter a relationship as incomplete beings. And so then does your relationship help you grow in godliness? We see in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul here recognizes this. Towards the end of his life, he says this. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And this is the type of attitude that you must have for your own life and for the other person. Or are you two pressing on to make Christ your own, to pursue godliness together? And what we see here is that this, produces a humility in your relationship, right? It keeps us humble because you realize that you need to set proper and realistic expectations for yourself and for your partner. Each of you are imperfect companions in this relationship and each of you are growing. And so are you looking in at character, but not perfect character, but character of growing closer with God? But there's a few more things to think about here in terms of character in terms of pursuing godliness. one of them is this do you have theological agreement in second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 it tells us do not be do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers and we know this passage to, to teach us that we shouldn't be dating and marrying an unbeliever that's true because your values don't align But we take that principle, right? It's not that you're not compatible with unbeliever. Perhaps your personalities are compatible. It's the fact that your your purpose of life, your values don't match up. But I think this is important for us to understand that even as believers, two believers come together and yet... There may be different values or understanding of, of, of purpose, of the role of a church, the role of, 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 you know, ministry and how that plays on your life that I think there needs to be at least some discussion about it. You don't need to be in perfect agreement about everything, but there should be there should be discussion about this. And we, you guys need to understand what you're going through together. Now, you don't need to agree on every minute detail of every theological doctrine, but... You do need to think about what do you what do you agree with, and do you have an understanding of what you don't agree with. For instance, if you date a Christian, if you date a Christian who holds an egalitarian view of gender roles, meaning they believe male and females hold equal authority and roles over each other, then coming for us, we hold a complementary role, right? We have man as leader, woman as a as a helper. Um, If you you do end up dating someone like that, you'll have vastly different expectations for one another, right? It it will be difficult to live in one flesh because you can't even agree upon what is your role in this marriage and how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to play that out. Or what do you two believe about church discipline? Right church discipline, how you understand that will impact the way you understand church membership and church accountability. What happens if you were to get in a big argument and you suddenly need marital counseling, but the person who doesn't believe in church discipline doesn't want marital counseling it what ends up happening is that you'll end up having a hard time resolving these huge conflicts because you have no church to help keep you accountable how do you play that out or we think about baptism if one person believes in infant baptism and the other person doesn't how are they supposed to raise their children together and teach them about faith and baptism when when what they teach will end up confusing the kids about their faith And the kids then will end up having a hard time understanding if they're truly saved. And so so there's many more things to even talk about when we talk about theological doctrines. And again, not saying that you have to agree to everything to be a Christian. This is just dealing with perspectives of scripture, perspectives of theology. And, And again, you don't have to agree on every doctrine. But if there are disagreements, you should talk it out. You should have an understanding about it. This is part of building your character and pursuing godliness together so that your marriage is not just about what's good for you, but what's about you together in a marriage to glorify God together, right? And thirdly, are you exercising humility in your relationship? Humility here is submitting yourself to God by seeking the interests of the person you're dating. And we can find this principle in Philippians chapter two, verse one to four. Famous passage says this: "So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection or sim- and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility." Count others more significant than yourself. That each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. This here is humility. To, to look to the interests of others. And, and part of this building up of character here, Principle Day is even thinking about whether or not you should break up with the person. Right, if it's, if it's for the interest of the other and their spiritual while you realize that maybe this relationship isn't just, isn't just unhealthy for you, but it's also unhealthy for this other person. If you're thinking about the interest of the other person, maybe you should, you should break it off. You should, and you should be gentle and loving about it and go in that way. And also be clear about it, about why you're doing it. Because you care for the person and you want them to grow. And so, this, and so this, this principle of character here of humility is, is to watch out for the other person as well to pursue godliness in this way that, that dating is not just about you, but it's about two people learning to come together and what it means to grow together as one flesh for the glory of God. And all these principles here that we have just laid out, that I've just laid out these three principles of commitment, of clarity and of character These principles have one goal. It's to glorify God. It's to glorify God. This is the purpose of the Christian life. The purpose of why all of mankind is created. Your dating relationship, your marriage is meant to glorify God. Is this then a constant reminder for you and your boyfriend or girlfriend? That that your relationship is not about him. It's not about her. It's about God. And we, we find this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. Marriage points to Christ. It glorifies God. So now taking these three principles, As we take these three principles and there's many more principles that we can have. But I I wanted to focus on these three. Now, let's now see how we can, you know, use these principles to think through the the stages of dating. And so we now turn to this portion of looking at the stages of dating And, and the first step, the first stage of dating is done in your singleness is to affirm your faith affirm your faith in christ and and practically speaking i'm I'm, i think one way to affirm your faith in christ is to join a church and allow other brothers and sisters in christ affirm your faith and encourage you to build it up and when we when we think about church membership church membership is described um i describe it this way i'm i think other people have too church membership is like a marriage relationship. It's you and a church publicly declaring your commitment to one another. That means you're committed to faithfully grow and walk with the people in your local church. And and at the same time, it's your church saying that they will keep you accountable to grow in your walk with God. And, and And so when we talk about church membership, we're talking about again, a certain communication. It's you having a voice in your church and the church also having a voice in your life. You're allowing them to discipline you and you're also contributing to your church by serving and helping other people grow as well. And so the question here is this, if you cannot commit yourself faithfully to a church, how would you expect to commit yourself faithfully to a marriage, to someone who's gonna have a full range, a full view of who you are both privately and publicly? The church is where you learn how to build commitments, help you learn how to know your faith with clarity and help you develop your character of God. And then we talk about Dan, you joined the church some girl caught your eye. Some guy caught your eye. How then do we express your interest? And again, we're, we're working here with principles, right? We're working here with principles, not commands. So I, uh, you know, I'm what I'm not telling you this is the way it has to be done. But I, I do believe when we think about the principles of scripture, that it is right for the men to lead. Meaning, men, you should be the one to ask the girl out. I mean, you could you could play the whole game where you, you know try to get into a group a group a circle of friends and and try to you know stand next to the girl you're interested in and have a little side conversation with her just, you know just try to see you know what how she you know talks to you get to know her a little bit you can play that whole game that's fine but at the end of the day you have to make your intentions known clearly and just ask her out. And I believe this is the way it should be done, that, that the man should be leading in that sense. Now, this doesn't mean I think it's wrong if a girl asks a guy out. Remember, this, these are principles we're dealing with here. I just think that if a girl does ask, ask a guy out and they end up getting together, that the relationship is kind of starting off on a wrong foot and, and the guy will have to somehow eventually take lead of the relationship, right? And that's okay if that's what happens. But, but at the same time, for, for you ladies, if, if you're interested in the guy and, you know, the, the guy maybe just has no idea who you are, I totally think it's okay to just initiate some conversation with him, get him to notice you, get his attention. Because, you know, if we're all honest here, guys are really, really dumb. They, they don't notice when a nice, good colleague girl is in front of them, Right. This is, they need a little prodding sometimes. Guys, guys are really dumb. And so we, we, we think then again, just, this is just, these are just principles that we're following. It's, it's, there's certain ways that things play out that are different. But when we think about these principles we can say, for instance, the principle of clarity and, and, and character, we can also apply that to rejections. Girls, if you know you're not interested in the guy, don't, don't stream the guy along. Just, just be clear about it. Be clear about it. I mean, communicate it clearly and gently, lovingly, right? And, and, but, but be clear about it and thank them for it. Thank them for asking you out. Under, just, just know that, understand how much courage it takes for a guy to ask her out. It's, it's frightening, right? Nobody likes the potential of being rejected. And so thank them for their interests and be clear about where you're at. And guys, same thing with clarity and character. If you are rejected, take it with dignity, take it with character, pursue godliness. In other words, trust God. That, that if a girl closes a door on you, it's a closed door at this moment. I mean, it may be open in the future, it may stay shut and another door open. You don't know. But whatever you decide to do next after re- after a rejection, remember to do it with godly character. Do it with humility. Do it with a sense to glorify God. So say you express interest. Now we're gonna talk about defining your relationship, the, the, the famous or infamous, DTR, defining the relationship. And, and this is really important. This is really important to make sure you clearly define where you're at in a relationship with the opposite gender. Let us first understand the nature of dates. Right? A first date is typically just a date to get to know one another better. And so, so again, let's not make a big deal out of it. It's just a first date. Agreeing on the first date is not a commitment to marriage. It's simply saying that you're open to getting to know the person better. And so guys, I encourage guys, if they really wanna to get to know a girl better, I actually just think it's better you just ask her out on the first date. just Just one date, get to know her on that date. And girls, the question you have to ask if someone asks you out is, are you open? To actually getting to know the guy better are you open to it i'm not saying that you're interested because you're not the one asking but are you open to it and if you're not open to it then, then turn them down gently but if you are open go on that date and for both sides make it clear again clarity make it clear that the commitment here is just one date and nothing more right. again clarity commitment communication all this plays a part just one date and nothing more that's that's the ask that's the nature of a first date now after one or more dates if the openness to know one another turns into interest so now you have interest to pursue something more it's important to define those terms right that i, I and you know I, I believe that there's mutual interests you should actually identify yourself as boyfriend and girlfriend i mean I mean, all, there's all these labels in this world, right? And people are sometimes afraid to slap boyfriend, girlfriend label onto a relationship. I think it's just better to be clear, to have clarity. So there's, there's, there's clear expectations for who, you, who one another is to the other person. Your relationship here, if you're committed, there's this mutual interest in one another, that means there's commitment to one another. And when you make that clear, you also help keep yourself accountable. You keep yourself accountable to your friends and your family who know about this relationship. And it ensures you that you have then a commitment to one another and that fact that you, this relationship, you're building in godly character through this whole dating process, right? Other people know what's going on because you have a clear label for one another. Now let's say a scenario happens when a man and a woman actually know each other well as friends, maybe they grew up as childhood friends. And one of them ends up having an interest in the other person. And they, they has, he has an interest of becoming more than just friends. And I will argue in this case, they don't need to go on any dates because if we define dates, first, second dates as dates to get to know each other, then they, they don't need to know that because they already know each other pretty well. Right. And instead, the expression here of interest should be an intention to define a relationship as something more. I mean, this is what happened with me and my wife. Right? We, we were serving together on the mission trips. I got to know her well. She got to know me well. And so when I asked her on the first date, right in that first date, we were like, OK, are you interested? Because if you're not, there's really no other point to go on any more dates. Right. And so you, you just define those terms clearly. And so when we have this clarity in our mind of what a date is, what a, what a boyfriend, girlfriend is, and, and what then does that move towards, it helps us have better expectations for one another and goals and the timeline for one another, which leads then to the fourth step. To communicate your goals and expectations well. I believe here that every relationship, every dating relationship should have clear expectations and they should have a clear timeline. Everyone's relationship here is different, right? Some people, they get married after a month of dating, others take seven years. There's a full range of experiences that you heard stories about. And so everyone's relationship is different, but what's important is if you establish and communicate your goals and expectations. I mean, for instance, what if someone has to go away from grad school for a year and you know, go out of town and the relationship becomes, you know, long distance for that whole year? It's most likely you're not going to get married within that year. And so that that the expectation should be clearly communicated to one another. This, this timeline here is important. And it's not just even important in terms of setting expectations, it's even important for your character, for your purity. In First Corinthians chapter 7, we we learn in there that if you struggle with purity for one another, like in an in actual dating relationship or engagement relationship, you struggle with purity with one another, you have to get married sooner than later. And so I, I actually believe that, I actually hope to a sh- recommend usually a shorter dating period because it's just natural that the longer you tape, the more intimate you feel and the more you're gonna struggle with that temptation. Right, it's that's just natural. That's something that a dating relationship do. You should become more interested in the person. But that also means that you have to protect yourself from purity and it will just get harder. And I, I typically recommend that people get married quicker than later because that that helps them in their purity and their character. Dating. Oh no, when we're talking about communicating your goals and expectations, these things must be talked about, and it's important to have checkpoints in your dating relationship to have to have you know milestones where you stop and you ask, "How is this relationship going?" That to see if both sides still have a desire to keep going. Right. Again, when when we ask these kind of questions, we have to remember we're not. We're not looking for romantic feelings. What we're asking here about companionship. Do you enjoy being with one another? Do you enjoy living life together? Just doing things together. Doesn't have to be a romantic thing all the time. And And again, these checkpoints, it should be initiated and led by the guy, by the man, but again, just remember, we're imperfect beings. And so if the man's not initiating, the woman can prod him to do it and just, just encourage him to lead better, you know, to be a better leader. Where we're all growing in this process together. But it's important to communicate, important to keep, keep your expectations clear for one another. The last step here is then the move towards marriage, the move towards engagement and from engagement to marriage. And I'm not going to get into engagement. If you, if you are on the step to get engaged, then I recommend go through premarital counseling and you'll get all that there. But this last step here, how, how do you get then so that your heart is ready to say, I want to take the next step towards marriage? How do you know that the man or woman you're dating is the one whom you should be committed to for marriage? And then this answer here is different for everyone. I've been saying that a lot. This, this, the answer is different for everyone. Many, many will say that they just know in their hearts. And I'm not even sure what that means, how that works. They just know. And personally, I don't fall in that camp. I again had to struggle with it. And had to I actually have to make that choice to say, I'm gonna do it. That this is, I believe that this is God's will because there's no reason why I shouldn't marry my wife. And that's okay. Because I, I, I now love her more than I could ever imagine. Right? sometimes that feeling comes later. What it comes down here, again, when we talk about these principles of dating laid out, played into these stages of dating, we have to think about, again, the commitment, the clarity and the character. When we ask about character and we're taking this next step here towards marriage, you should be asking yourself, has your dating relationship glorified God? Has your dating relationship glorified God? Has there been any impurity in your dating relationship? Because if there has been, you need to address that. You probably shouldn't move towards marriage. You should address that. Has there been any big arguments that are left unresolved? You should address those things before moving towards marriage. Are you personally growing in your relationship or is your partner growing as well? And then we talk about a principle of clarity. Do you both know where you currently stand in the relationship? And when you move towards marriage, is it a mutual decision to move forward? What's holding it back? If anything is holding it back, is that clearly communicated? can you two even talk or is or is this relationship built on something else and third when we, talk, when we talk about the principle of commitment and this one then becomes a little bit more personal to your own heart for the guys is is it's your commitment to desire to love this girl sacrificially that, that recognizing that you're not looking for your best interest here that this girl you're dating might not cross everything on your checklist but can you love her for who she is, not for who you want her to be? And for the girl, is your commitment a desire to submit to this man humbly? Can you trust him? Can you respect the way he makes decisions? He, again, he may not be perfect in everything he does, but can you trust that he will not lead you away from Christ? And these questions that I lay out here, they're not exhaustive every couple will have topics and questions unique to their relationship. And and say, for instance, you're one of those couples who just don't know what kind of questions to ask about one another. Well, if you're you're in that position, find an older couple, find an older married couple to talk to. Let them pour into your life, to look into your relationship, seek their wisdom, or or look up other resources. For instance, we go on desiringgod.org. You can search up questions to ask when preparing for marriage. And, and there's a list full of questions on desiringgod.org. Use that as a template to ask each other questions. And as, as we talk about all this, we you, again, remember the stages of dating laid out here on this PowerPoint, they're not, they're not commands, right? Every, every person goes through a different situation. There's not a template to follow, but they are generally the way a dating situation goes and every couple will face their own unique difficulties and what we need is the word of God scripture gives us guidelines and principles to follow principles that help us be wise in our dating relationships continue to submit yourself to scripture as we come to the, towards the end of this message if you have any specific questions, again, cause I didn't really deal with specifics. If you have any specific questions, perhaps dealing with some situation that I didn't address, you, you can come ask me, you can come, you can ask one of the mentor couples that, that you saw in the Q and A last time, ask us. Because dating is, is not a, a machine where you just put in a boy and a girl and then marriage happens, right? It's, it's not like that. It's a journey, it's a journey. It's a journey of growing and learning more about yourself, more about the other person, and most importantly, more about God. And so the big idea for tonight is to pursue marriage together, uh, should be pursuing marriage together, requires commitment, clarity, and character that stems first from your relationship with Christ and exemplified in the decisions you make together as a couple. So with that, let me go ahead and pray for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word that gives us wisdom on how to walk in this world. We're thankful, God, that your word speaks into every aspect of our life, not in commands, but in ways that help us make wise decisions i I pray lord that we will hold into your scripture to recognize that all that we do is for your glory let us then commit continue to commit ourselves to to living our life for you and all that we do whether we're single or dating or married I pray, God, that we will walk with you. We will grow with you. We will find our joy in you alone. Lord, when you become our priority, the love of our life, everything else falls into its place. So, God, I, I then ask, I ask you to work in our hearts so that, God, Lord, we will continue to do this in a way that exemplifies Christ and his love for the church be with us in our discussion. Pray all this in your holy and precious name. Amen.